Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Green Mountain Dental. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, I just got off the call with Tad Boyle, McKinley Wright, and Dallas Walton. So we're going to be talking about that today. Um, here's the whole plan, though. So it's like 11 now, 11 in the morning. I'm going to record this part, and then at 1.30, we're going to hear from J.R. Payne and Aubrey Knight from the women's basketball team. So then I'll jump back in and finish this off with uh, anything you need to know about what we heard from those two. Um, And then this should be up at like 3 o'clock today if all goes well. So um, before we jump into what we learned from these guys, I want to tell you more about Green Mountain Dental. Green Mountain Dental is the place to go for all of your dental needs for so many reasons. Our own Lindsay Sauer, our sales director, went out there to get her wisdom teeth out just a couple of months ago, and she said it was literally the best experience she's ever had with a dentist in her life. So take her word for it and get out to Green Mountain Dental Group. It's in Lakewood. It's about 15 minutes away from downtown Denver. It's a super convenient location. Um, They're big Colorado sports fans. It's a family-owned dentistry, and they will give you a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. So take advantage of that deal. A free Sonicare toothbrush, all you got to do is schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Uh, So, uh, yeah, visit Green Mountain Dental Group. Okay. Um, What did we learn? Uh, So Tad went first, and he said that Uh, Even though today was the first day of practice, it kind of felt like day five because they've been able to go through some workouts um, over the course of the last week. Um, They they kind of put together their plan for practice. And uh, it's really exciting that after everything they've been through, they're back on the court. But there have been some challenges along the way. Um, You know, over the course of the last few months, there have been so many different rules that they've had to follow um whether it's the 14 day quarantines i think he said there've been like two rounds of that there were the 14 days where you were only allowed to have one person aged 18 to 22 in a group um so you literally like they couldn't even play one on one basketball um and he said that you know going through all this stuff has hurt the freshmen who are coming in and i think we are very excited about this freshman class it is one of the best to ever go to colorado um Men will probably be pushed to like at worst fourth, likely at third. Um, 
by the incoming freshman class next year. So there is this kind of big influx of talent coming in. Um, McKinley Wright spoke about how this team's strength is its depth now that they have so many guys who can play at so many positions. But Tad was saying, like, it has been tough for this group to kind of get acclimated. Um, they haven't been able to run any five-on-five. There have been significant time periods, like I said, where they haven't even been able to run one-on-one. So they are behind where they would like to be. Um, but, you know, that, that can be true for a bunch of different programs. And it's not like the Buffs are bringing in one-and-dones like some of the other teams in the Pac-12. Um I think uh, Tad spoke a bit about how not being able to play in the NCAA tournament um, really motivates them going into this year. You know, having that right in front of you and then having it taken away with everything else that everybody lost over the course of the last six months or so. He said that you could kind of tell today. Um, and, And McKinley went so far as to guarantee and ncaa tournament appearance that was probably the big news today um honestly not like the hottest take but he promised he i can find the quote in here um um you know he said like i haven't played there yet but you know i could guarantee uh, i could make a promise that we'll be back there this year and we'll be dancing so we got another well and this is where the (laughs) i use the the um apps that will uh, give you transcripts for all your recordings and I'm not sure what he really said but it says and we'll be dancing so we got another shout out of expression pepperoni let's just play this and see what happens <laughs> okay so what really happened is he said we've got another shot at it next question Pat Rooney not expression Pat pepperoni but yeah uh that's what he said. He's really excited. Um, and uh, he did say that he doesn't – this is his last year. This is his last year at Colorado. Even though there was the vote yesterday, um, reportedly, that would allow winter sport athletes another year of eligibility. Um, Tad Boyle said when I asked him about that, he said that he was in favor of it. He does still kind of need to see, like, all the details, like – you know, there's a 13 scholarship limit. What does that mean for next year? And we could have more guys coming back and we already have these guys committed to come. Um, and so there are those questions, but he did say that it is very good for student athletes and that's what it's all about. Um, and uh, Ken did say he is not coming back. This is it for him. He was pretty straightforward in those thoughts. Um, and he said that everybody in this program knows that too. And I think that that's, a very important point. Um, this this does have like a win for kin. Ooh, I like that win for kin type feel for uh, for this season. Um, kin said that he actually kind of feels more like a coach on the court at this point. Like that is his role is to be out there getting guys going the right direction. You know, I am really excited to see what this looks like because as big as the loss of Tyler Bay is, giving McKinley Wright full control of this team is not a bad thing. Um, I think that, you know, here's, here's one thought. Um, we've been watching this, this bubble basketball at the NBA going through the NBA playoffs. And it's been so clear that the best teams are the teams that just have like a steady hand 
that will drive them all the way through. Uh, for the Lakers, it's LeBron. For the Heat, it's Jimmy Butler. Like, you can just put the ball in his hands and good things will happen. You know, the Nuggets made their run because they had Jamal Murray doing that. Um, I think that that was the biggest takeaway is that you just need somebody who the entire team just kind of flows through. And McKinley Wright is exactly that type of player. He's somebody who can go get his own shot. He can set somebody else up. And this really will be like an opportunity for McKinley Wright to just take over this team and take it to the next level, take it to the tournament and make a run in the tournament. Um, And I think that the personalities on this team will allow for that to happen. Um, Not that they're like passive or lazy or anything like that, but there isn't that McKinley Wright, Tyler Bay dynamic this year. And I don't want to like make it sound like I'm out on Tyler Bay or any of that. Like he's a very good basketball player, but sometimes just having one leader makes the most sense. And when you have that one leader who's a guy who's a fringe second-round draft pick and you also have another guy on the team who's a likely first-round draft pick, it, it creates some strange dynamics, or I would imagine it would create some strange dynamics. And I think that just putting the entire team, at least on the court, into Kin's hands, that sounds really good to me, is what I'll say. Um what else? Um, uh, he talked about leadership, the importance of that, understanding the COVID situation. Um, I got. I should say he did kind of leave the uh, door open to come back next year if the season just goes off the rails. Like he said, like if we just get like two games in, then maybe. But I, I, <laughs> I, I, he's not coming back. This is it for him. Um, he also talked about how uh, the NBA draft process went um, and what he learned about his game. And this is stuff that we kind of heard from him over the summer when there was a Zoom call with uh, student athletes from all these teams. Um, but he singled out the same two things. He said, like, they, the, the, coaches and executives I've talked to, they all had a lot of really good things to say, but they did point out the weaknesses um, with those weaknesses being uh, first his turnovers. Uh, He needs to cut those turnovers down. And uh, he said that somebody cut together a video of all of his turnovers from last year. And he's talked through all of them. He goes back and watches that video every week, which is, that's a lot of time to spend watching a video of all your turnovers. Um, but it shows you where his mind's at for sure. And it's certainly a good thing. Um, second, the his other weakness is his shooting percentage. And he needs to get more consistent knocking down three-pointers. Um, I would love to see that. I, I don't think that that's impossible. Like I, I expect to see him come back as a much better free throw shooter or three point shooter this season. Um, And if he can do that, then all of a sudden his game really does rise to another level. Um, And he also added, so there are really only the two weaknesses, but winning is very important. And I think that he proved last year that he can win. And I think that this year 
there's a chance to make a real run to kind of finish off what they started last year before they tailed off at the end of the season. Um, he thinks the same thing. Um, Neil Welk of cbuffs.com asked him um, about that. Like, do you think this is or has the chance to be the best team that you've played on at Colorado? And he said, yeah, there, there's a chance. Uh, last year we were really talented. That was a really good team. It's going to be tough to beat. But we have the depth. Um, so it, that depth is really going to be the key to everything. And it does kind of scare me that the freshmen haven't had more time. But the core of this team is back. You lose Tyler Bay. You lose Shane Gatling. You lose Lucas Seward. Those were big-time contributors. They put a lot of minutes in. But having another year of experience for everybody else having more young guys who who knows what you can get out of them. Maybe one of those guys gets hot from three and you just ride that for a couple of games. I don't know. There, there's a bunch of ways that things could go well for this team this season. Um, we talked to Dallas Walton today too, and he was asked the same question. And he said, yeah, this, this team does have the potential to be better than last year's, which would make it the best team he's been on. Um, Dallas had some other stuff to say too. Um, he's no longer wearing the brace that he was wearing, he's he's missed three years of basketball due to injury, which is a crazy amount of basketball. Um, but he says he feels good. He says that last year a lot of the challenges were mental. Um, you know, it's tough to trust your leg, and that's mostly why he wore the brace is just because it's, it, it is just so hard to trust and be explosive. And he says now with the brace off, he does have more horizontal movement ability. Um, which is interesting because he it's not that he seemed like super clunky and slow inside last year, but if he can add just a little bit more shiftiness, a little more like wiggle in the paint, I think that that could be really valuable for him. Um, I'm excited to see what Dallas can do this year. Um, I, I think that the door is wide open for him to be one of the most important players on this team. You know, he is a seven-footer. Oh, by the way, he's he's changing his number. He's now going to be wearing number 13. Um, his aunt passed away a couple of years ago, and he considered making the change. Now he is making the change, um, and that was the number she wore when she played volleyball at CSU. So there's the reason for that. Um, I think that that's pretty much everything. Um yeah. Um, that'll do it. Um, I'll be back in a second to talk about the women's basketball team. Well, second in your time, like three hours in my time. Um, but first, I want to talk about Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, Breckenridge Brewery is incredible. Uh, and they have a beer that I really want to try, but I still haven't been able to. Uh, the Palisade Peach. Um, it sounds incredible. I really love fruity beers, and I'm assuming that that's one of them. Uh, that's one that I'm going to try out, and actually, I might jump on the Breckenridge Beer Locator right now and figure out uh, where I can pick that up. Um, but there are so many other good ones. The Broncos Country Hoppy Pale Ale, the Avalanche Amber Ale, the Strawberry Sky, the Colorado Core. Um, and you guys really should try as many of those as uh, you can because I'm sure you will find at least one that you'll like and you'll probably enjoy pretty much all of them. Um, 
let's see, what is my address? Oh, I shouldn't say it on the podcast. Okay, so put that in. Oh, wow. So within 10 miles, there's at least 50 places where I can buy the uh, uh, Palisade Peach. Where's the closest one? Let's see, where is it? There's me here. Oh, so like three blocks away. Oh, so that's on tap there. No, wait, that's a liquor store, 0.3 miles. Also, if I go south, I can get it 0.1 miles. That's actually closer. So I guess that's going to be how I'm going to spend my next couple of hours while I wait for uh, Aubrey Knight and J.R. Payne um, walking down there and grabbing some Palisade Peach from the Vine at Via. So many good beers from Breckenridge Brewery. Seriously, check them out. Um, also, uh, DNVR Rugby. In case you guys haven't heard yet, there have been some pretty big changes to what's happening in the Colorado rugby space. Uh, DNVR is now covering all things rugby in Colorado and the United States. Reporter Colton Strickler is keeping you up to date on all things American rugby with the DNVR Rugby Podcast. And you can find his written rugby content right on our site with the rest of our coverage. It was just announced that Infinity Park in Glendale will be the new official training center for the men's and women's USA Eagles 15s teams. That means that Colorado is the place to be for rugby in the United States. So make sure you're keeping up to speed with us and with Colton on the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Support the sport of rugby by following along with the latest news on Twitter at DNVR Rugby and download the DNVR Rugby Podcast. It's the perfect time to learn. Colton is doing basic 101 pods. They'll break down the game for you, and they're incredible. Remember, supporting our partners is supporting us, so download the DNVR Rugby podcast and follow along at DNVR Rugby on Twitter. All right, uh, just got off the Zoom call with uh, J.R. Payne and Aubrey Knight. Aubrey went first. Um, She, very well-spoken, and... She had a lot of things to say. I asked her about uh, last season when there were a lot of games that could have turned into, honestly, like marquee wins for that team. Like the type of win that you rally around going forward. I'm trying to pull up these results because I can't remember exactly what all these games were. Just that every time I turned on the women's basketball team, Something crazy was happening. Um, let's see. Let's find some ranked opponents in here. So they played number eight, UCLA. This was a home game. Oh, I was there for this one. This was a fun one. Um, and lost 65-62. They had a chance to win it at the end. Um, they uh, played, what was after that? Um, Oregon really beat them both times, um, as Oregon will do. Stanford, they lost by three points. Um, they were ranked seventh at the time, uh, lost by six to number 21, Arizona State. Um, there were more, there were a couple more of the ranked games that were close, but then got out of hand in like the last minute or so. But seriously, every time you turn on the TV and they're playing a ranked opponent, they are right in it. And something terrible happens at the end. Like there were clutch shots hit against them where you're just like, wow, that, that shouldn't ever happen anywhere. Like you don't expect LeBron James to make those shots. So, uh, I asked her like, what's it, you go through that. 
what is the difference? How do you start winning those games instead of losing them? And she said a lot of it has to do with just execution and focus and discipline, just knowing your responsibilities because it is a really young team. And those are very difficult situations to, you know, just just do what you're supposed to do in. It's so easy to think, okay, got to get a steals or need to make a shot, something like that, and just making little mistakes in those moments. Um, and I think that, I mean, she also said that this is the most competitive that practice has been. She's now in her, I believe this is her fourth year. Yeah, fourth year, but she's a junior now. Um, and she says that she thinks that's why it's because they've been through that. They know that this team is close. You know, they, they would have made it to the, uh, WNIT, I think is what they call the women's NIT. Um, but, uh, they would have made it. Everything got canceled obviously with COVID, but that would have been the first time in her time at CU that they would have made it to a postseason tournament. Um, and I think they were just one win away from the NCAA tournament. Yeah, they were one win away from the NCAA tournament last year. And, of course, once you get in there, it's anybody's guess what's going to happen, especially when you're coming out of the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 is the top women's basketball conference. Like They will hold maybe half the spots in the top 10 in this preseason poll. So I think that the story for this team is really going to be like, can they take the next step? Is this still a team that is right there, but just can't quite bring down any of these giants in the PAC 12, the Stanford's and Arizona's and Oregon States and Oregon's UCLA. Uh, who knows? Maybe USC even gets back up in there, but that is what is happening with this team. Um, a lot to be excited about. Um, both Aubrey and J.R. Payne had a lot of great things to say about Jalen Sherrod. Um, to me, the, she's the point guard. The, the team will revolve around her. Um, she was incredible last year as a freshman. Honestly, surprising as a freshman. I, I don't think anybody really expected her to be able to do the things that she did. Um, making the Pac-12 all-freshman team. Um, winning Freshman of the Week awards. Um, putting up 11 assists in the first game at Colorado. Um, most ever by a CU player in the first game. Or no, since 1979. Um, but, you know, as a freshman, she was 32nd in the NCAA in assists per game. Um, you can go through any of these numbers that you want, but she outperformed what a five foot seven freshman point guard should be able to do. And... When Aubrey was asked by uh, Brian Howell of the Daily Camera, like, well, who has really impressed you? Who has grown? The name that Aubrey came up with was Jalen. Like, that is who has even taken a step forward since last season. And I think that has to be exciting. And you need to have top level players to compete in basketball. That's just the way it works. And football, you can kind of scheme around it, you know. And when you have 22 players, having one or two of those, like, Honestly, any Power 5 school should luck into having a couple of NFL-caliber players. In basketball, you need to have, like, one of your five, and, and that proportion makes it a lot tougher, and that's just to compete. That's just to be uh, an NCAA tournament-type team. To, to get up in the upper tiers, obviously, you need more than that. Jalen Sherrod, in my mind, is becoming one of those. Um, I asked JR what... Uh, 
Jalen needs to improve upon from last year to this year. And she said that the biggest thing is something she's already done, and that's just build better relationships with her teammates. Um, she said Jalen's kind of like a quiet person, introverted person, but for her to really take this next step and grow into what she could be, she needs to be a leader on the team. And so Jalen, according to JR, has spent a lot of time focusing on like building relationships. Um, and hopefully that translates to the court. You know, JR was saying like she's getting on Zoom calls with coaches, staying in touch with them. Um, same thing with her teammates. And that's exciting. And then on the court, she said, uh, you know, decision making, it's always going to be the thing for young point guards. Uh, you can always improve. Um, knowing what she can do herself and what her teammates can also do. Um, kind of, I took that as like a know your personnel type of thing. Like, can you, and what JR says, like, can you put your teammates in situations where they will succeed? Um, that's that next level. Like it's, it's the, the entry level, like freshman point guard mentality is okay. You got to get the ball to whoever's open from there. You got to grow into, well, they might be leaving this person open on the three point line for a reason. How do you manipulate this defense to make it so that you are getting somebody open where you want that person to be open. Uh, it's that kind of stuff. And she also said, of course, three-point shooting is another one she wants to see her take a step forward. Um, and to me, again, that's just time in the gym, and that's something that a lot of freshmen don't have. And so you should expect to see an improvement there um, going into a second year. Um, so really excited about Jalen and what she could be developing into. Um, some thoughts on like this weird off-season um, they went through the same things that the men's program went through, of course, um, all very similar. And, uh, you know, Aubrey said that it was kind of tough. Like when she was back home in California, they were having the crazy restrictions, which meant like the, the basketball hoops in parks were boarded up. So you can't even really go shoot. And JR was saying like, we're telling girls to go home and practice dribbling, dribbling in the driveway or dribbling in their kitchen. And that doesn't, you know, it's it's not ideal. Uh, so there is some of that. Um, you know, Jr. said like we have this chemistry that will be really good and really helpful for us this season. Aubrey said that you know they have that chemistry, but it's not quite where it needs to be. It isn't like clicking on the first day like you want it to once the first game comes around. Um, and and so I think that that's probably a good sign. Plus, you have the fact that this is a young team that is becoming a more veteran team. I think Jr. said there are four upperclassmen on the roster. Um, so that'll be exciting. Um, a team that really could be a lot of fun. You know, I, I look at this team and see like the nuggets a few years ago when they are just like super young, but also there are a lot of players you want to see. It's like, Oh, well, we know Nikola Jokic is good. Nikola Jokic is going to be a lot of fun. And that's like Jalen Sherrod coming back in year two. It's like, Oh, added Jamal Murray. Wonder what we're getting there. And, and this whole, team has really an opportunity to be an NCAA tournament team. And I think that that should be the goal this year. Um, and I don't think that's unreasonable, even though this is a program that hasn't made it to the uh, NCAA tournament since 2013, I believe. Um yeah, and before that, they hadn't been there since 2004. So, it, oh, it is just kind of crazy. And 2004, that was four straight years that they made it in um, before they've kind of hit this drought. And 
Colorado does have the history there. Um, well, interesting looking through it, honestly. Made it to the Elite Eight, 2002, 95, 93. They've never made it to the um, Final Four. Uh, Sweet 16, they made it 94, 97, 2003. Like, there, there were glory years for this basketball program. And, you know, I... I I'm excited to watch where they're going to go this year. Um, I think that's going to do it for today. Didn't see any comments. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts on any of this stuff, as always, you can leave them in the comments on the uh, in the post for today's show at thedmvr.com. You can leave any questions there too. Whatever you guys want to talk about is what we're going to talk about, um, at least for part of the show. And you guys can dictate that by going in there uh to that post and leaving your questions and comments. So uh, that's going to do it for today, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. I think they like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway. See you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we station, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd, do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hey, hey. And you on your own now, why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Yeah. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it.
Colorado swag. They like my Colorado swag. Cause when I'm in it, play. I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it, go. You know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado swag.